There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders and organizations to cultivate meaning and purpose in the workplaces. I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think expands this conversation. And as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Last week, if you missed the show live, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Zach Mercurio. He is one of the leading voices on the role of purpose and meaning in organizations, work, and life. He is the author of The Invisible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work, and Organization with the Power of Authentic Purpose. We talked about why purpose is so important in the world today, how leaders can create meaningful environments, and some examples of how companies are infusing their cultures with purpose while delighting the bottom line result of their business. With us this week is Dr. Joy Martina, a psychic psychologist and a channeler of crystalline consciousness specializing in high-level intuitive intelligence training for entrepreneurs, business owners, and celebrities. She is a best-selling author of The Creator of the Crystalline Oracle Training, a training to develop mastery over our innate psychic abilities, and she's a master hypnotist and trainer of trainers. Her new Amazon bestseller is called Five Steps to Strengthen Your Intuition, and it gives everyone the education insight that was formerly given only to masters. We'll be talking about what intuition actually is, how we can develop it in ourselves, and ways we can apply it in our work to make a real difference to what we're out to accomplish. Joy joins us today from Asheville, North Carolina. Joy, welcome to Working on Purpose. Hey, so good to be here. <laughs> Isn't it fun? It's about time we did this, right? We've known each other for over a year now. It's about time. It is. We just needed to celebrate with your book. That's all. Thank you. And you know, the book is called How to Use Your Intuition to Change Your Life. And in there, uh, I share the five steps to strengthen your intuition. Just uh, okay, okay, in case thank anyone you. wants to rush out there right now and get it, do it. But it's called How to Use Your Intuition to Change Your Life. I love it. Okay, got it. I'm going to write that down. Okay. All right. Well, now, speaking of that, you know, here you are. This is a woman, listeners, who gallivants gallivants all over the globe, and she does training and coaching and all kinds of other amazing things, and yet you somehow still managed, Joy, to find time to scratch out this book. So where did the book come from, and why did you write it? Well, the book in itself was such a blessing because I literally speed wrote it. I created and birthed that book in six weeks. And I've written a few books before, but I've never had an experience like that because I felt so called by my intuition to really just write it down and get it out there. And it made me focus like never before and create what I believe really does deserve that status of a bestseller. And I am just so mind blown by the feedback I'm getting from people who are saying, you know, I'm using these five steps and oh my goodness, the changes that are happening. So that really excites me. 
I'm so glad to hear that, right? Don't we all want to matter? We want to make a difference through the work that we do. And I love that you're getting that feedback already out of the gate. I'm not surprised. And I wanted to share this this with our listeners in part because, frankly, I want to learn too, Joy. So every time I get somebody on the, on the air with me each week, I learn something. So mm-hmm. first, first me and then we get to share it with the listeners. How's that? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to start us off here, one of the things that I just thought was really interesting, the way you situated your book, Joy, is I like that... You know, you write by talking about, you know, one way we, we gather information about the world is through our five senses, our senses. Um, you know, we take in our surroundings, we collect information from our experiences by what we see, hear, feel, taste, and touch. You talk about that. And then you say, yes. if we only rely on those five senses, senses, you know, what we take in is very limited. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I want you to comment a little bit about that, because I think that's really interesting for people that feel like, you know, they've been given, this is how we know, this is all we know. Mm. Well, I think to to tap back into these ways that we gather information, we have two primary ways of doing that. And one is sensing, and that are are our five senses that we're used to using. And the other huge part is something called intuition. So when we are shutting down this valuable tool, this this, um, intelligence inside of us, we're shutting down a huge part of ourselves. And the reason why I really felt that urgency to birth this book so quickly and spread my message in this big way is because if we look at the world of what's going on right now, we have a real crisis. We have for the first time the Harris Poll Index telling us that for the first time in 10 years, Americans are less happy than before. And only 33% of all Americans actually say they're happy. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I feel, you know, we need to do something. And I say we cannot feel happiness when we're not tuned into our intuition because we're not able to deal with this information overload that we're dealing with right now. Um, right, just 25 years ago, we were dealing with 2 million bits, so 2 million pieces of information coming at us every single second. Now, 25 years later, we have over five times that. We have 11 million pieces of information coming at us at the whole time. So we have to make snap judgments of what is important. What do I let in? What is a right thing to do? How do I make quick decisions? And so many of us are feeling totally overwhelmed. And that's why these depression rates and the rates and and the horrifying amount of uh, psychopharmacy uh, medicines that are being sold over the counter have, I believe, the root right there, that we need to learn how to tune back into our intuition, into that highest intelligence to make wise choices. Hmm. That is such a compelling argument, and I'm I'm completely with you, Joy. And of course, from my vantage point, right, I'm out to awaken the 85% of the world who's not engaged or committed to their work or enjoying it. So mm-hmm. we're up to some similar stuff, and I, I there's some alignment with what you're talking about. I love you. Right. And now, now f- for those of us who are a little bit new to this idea of intuition, I do have a, a stronger N over, over the S for Myers-Briggs, but, Brig, Briggs, but I don't really know that I could articulate what 
intuition actually is as a form of intelligence. Mm-hmm. And you see that that is something I think we all face because there's so many myths about this intuition thing. We might think it's our gut feeling. Then we hear other message of messages like follow your heart. So what is intuition? I say intuition is the highest form of intelligence. And not only I say that, but people like Forbes magazine, um, Albert Einstein, Steve Jobs saw that intuition is something that connects us to a higher form of intelligence than just this little human brain. So the conscious mind, that linear processor that we usually connect to. All right, time for a break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Dr. Joy Martina. She is a psychic psychologist and a channeler of the Crystalline Consciousness Method, specializing in high-level intuitive intelligence training for entrepreneurs, business owners, and celebrities. She's the author of the newly minted Amazon bestseller called How to Use Your Intuition to Change Your Life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Dr. Joy Martina. She's a psychic psychologist and a channeler of the Crystalline Consciousness, specializing in high-level intuitive intelligence training for entrepreneurs, business owners, and celebrities. She's just released a best-selling Amazon book, and I want to make sure I get this right this time, How to Change Your Life, Five Steps to Strengthen Your Intuition. Is that right, Joy? How to Use Your Intuition to Change Your Life. All right, we're going to get this right. So, all right, this is important. People are going to order this book. We got to get it. We got to say it right. So let's come back a little bit there. You were talking about how other people like Steve Jobs and Forbes say that intuition is the is the highest form of intelligence. Um, and the other thing that I found really interesting about that is I, I wanted to ask you a bit more about how you define that. So would you say a bit more about how 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 do we dis- describe intuition? Well, apart from going back to it, seeing it as that highest form of intelligence, I think we need to go back to how our brain is structured. So we have a conscious mind, which is kind of like a linear processor, which can handle around 126 pieces of information per second, right? Remember, we have 11 million pieces coming at us and 126, no millions, is what our conscious mind can handle. But we have in our brain something way more exciting and that is the unconscious mind. And that unconscious mind is not a linear processor, but a multifunctional, multilinear processor that can handle way more information. So that is what we need to learn to create rapport with, with that unconscious mind so we can actually hear into 
intuition. Because we all have intuition, we just sometimes are not able to hear it because we're so tuned into the outside of what's going on around us, all that buzz, right? All those 11 million pieces of information and have not learned how to tune into ourselves. And that's step one in what I teach. Get out of that buzz and tune into yourself. And I show in my book tools of how to do that. And I want to talk about those steps more detail and, and a, a little bit later here, but I just, I, I am so interested in what you just said about building that rapport with our unconscious. That's very interesting and really refreshing to, to think about. Um, I just, I mean, it's, it's compelling. It's awesome. Um, the other thing that you mentioned a little bit in your book, if I remember it right, is that you distinguish intuition from purpose. Of course, I paid attention to that part since my space. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, what I what I mean by that is that our intuition guides us towards our purpose. Our intuition is tuned into why we came onto this planet, why we want to learn certain things, and wants to guide us closer and closer to our purpose. But we so often get tangled up into our experience of life and the emotions that we feel, then all the stories that we tell ourselves, all the resentment we sometimes hold on to. And that can then become the main buzz of our life that guides us instead of the voice of intuition, which would guide us so graciously towards our purpose if only we listened. <laughs> you would say that so <laughs> lovely. Uh, yes, there's this thing called listening, yes. Um, well, the other thing that I wanted to do, because I think this is interesting, and you sort of broach it a bit in your book, is uh, you know, I want to presence a few pretty famous people that are, are pretty well known for being high in intuition. Uh, because mm. we, we revere these people, we look up to them, and if we're not yet convinced that maybe it's not a bad idea to work on our intuition, this might help. So people <laughs> that you mentioned in the book are President Obama, Mark Zuckerberg, Einstein, Elon Musk, and they all score high in intuition. Um how we do have you think women too? We oh, have, are, who are they? Uh, we have Oprah Winfrey. We uh, have Hillary Clinton. We have a few amazing actresses. So when you start diving into the Maya Briggs personality test, which I did in research for this book, I was amazed how many cool people score high on Maya Briggs as highly intuitive people. Mm. So the the and thank you so much for bringing in the women thing that that would have probably needed fifty percent of our listeners and I didn't certainly mean to do that thank you, um, but how do you think they use their intuition so effectively maybe just an example or so. Well, I'd say the biggest part um, of being intuitive where it comes in handy is when you make decisions. And don't we, if we look at successful people, then we will find a pattern of them being able to make decisions quickly and wisely. Do they make mistakes? Yeah, but they will quickly make another decision to correct that when they're tuned into their intuition because they know, oh, this doesn't feel right. Oh, this doesn't sound right. Let's course correct. When we're not tuned into our intuition, we might feel that we're fighting windmills because we're using willpower. We're kind of forcing things rather than allowing intuition to guide us. So I think decision making is something where intuition not only guides us, but can become that clear guiding force that just gives us that clear confidence and that unshakable faith of saying, okay, whatever the circumstances, this is what I need to do right now. And I trust that. And then we create a certain amount of peace and confidence within us because we're flexing that faith muscle and we're not going down the spiral of self-doubt and judgment and, you know, going into reams of depression, honestly, because we're no longer trusting that we know what's right for us. 
Mm. Well, now, speaking of the decisions that you talk about, I thought you have a fantastic example in your book that I thought was so compelling about the Formula One race car driver, Juan Fangio, I think is his name. And you talk about how he's going into a hairpin turn when he suddenly hits the brakes without knowing why. Exactly. And then that afternoon, he wins the Monaco Grand Prix. And were it not for this seemingly inexplicable slowdown, he would have slammed into a pop of of crashed cars that he couldn't have necessarily seen immediately. But so you have, it's interesting how you kind of put that together and explain perhaps what was going on for him. Will you say a bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So he was really um, <laughs> researched in, in in a kind of very interesting way after this whole incident. And psychologists really looked at his eye movements. They had all the videos. They, you know, all these racing car drivers are hooked up to all kinds of um, instruments, and they kind of kind of tried to find out what happened, how. Did he know? And he, in his conscious mind, then watching the videos, saw that, oh, he had seen in some way in his peripheral vision that the crowd was not looking at the racing car drivers, but was looking ahead, so away from him. And that was kind of off. But he could not have consciously taken that in in that moment. So what it shows to me is that the unconscious mind intuition was guiding him. And because he was so focused, so tuned in in that moment, he just he had no hesitation. There was no second of doubt. He just slammed the brakes on. And what it shows is that when we allow intuition to guide us, intuition will be way quicker in not only saving our life, but showing us that, you know, that there is only a hell yes or a hell no. Honestly, there's not much in between. And I say that in my book. I think we spend so much time in that maybe zone where we know if a person is right for us or not, whether we should hire someone, if we should fire someone, we know. But we're often so caught up in fear and doubt of, I don't know, will that person reject me? Maybe they won't love me. Maybe I can't please everyone. You know, all that stuff, right? That we don't listen to intuition and we're not able to access that courage of following our gut and saying I just know this is right and I'm not saying that we need to I don't know become relentless uh, people walking over everybody else's needs not at all I say when you listen to intuition you usually find out that intuition is guiding you towards becoming a more loving person a wiser person and not an egotistical selfish bitch (laughs) (laughs) okay technical term okay Um, okay so here's what this is that this is just a great conversation I think this is fascinating, very important work you've been up to, Joy. And you and I both work in the field where we're developing people. We're working for people to become their higher self. And so I am certain there are people right now listening to this going, "Uh uh-oh, I know my Myers-Briggs. I'm a heavy, heavy S. Uh Uh-oh. But you say in your book that we need both the N and the S to navigate our world. So would you, I want to make sure that the people that are out there with that heavy S, one, they know that we're going to give them something else in a second here, how they can get more on their N. But talk to us about why we need both N and S. Well, we all have intuition. Intuition is something that is part of our intrinsic makeup of a human. And I think this whole um, categorizing, even Maya Briggs, and, and bless them for their work, 
is only a concept that shows what are you using right now. But if we look at the way that we just take in information, I'd like to make a leap back to NLP, so Neuro Linguistic Programming. We see that we have all these channels. We have the channels of our auditory system, of our kinesthetic system, of our visual system, of our digital system, so the talk inside of our head, olfactory, gustatory. We have all these channels. But when we have not learned to use all the channels and really get information in and then make wise decisions by connecting to our true selves, whether we call that intuition or higher guidance or God or our heart, doesn't really matter. Then we unlock that secret to just creating more manifesting in a more gracious way and a more effortless way because we're, we're learning our lessons easily. We're not having to go through that whole pain cycle. And I think that's that's what I, I'm about, of teaching people how to tap into their intuition by just opening up those channels and seeing, okay, maybe I don't see stuff. Maybe I feel stuff. Maybe I'm more actually listening to my voice. But if I'm trying to listen to that voice of intuition, but the intuition is showing me signs in the visual way the whole time, then maybe all I need to do is switch my channels. So in my trainings, like the Oracle training, we teach thousands of people. That's really exciting. You know, we live stream this globally and we do it in three languages. We teach thousands of people how to just open up those channels. And I'm just fascinated every time to see that we have people from all walks of life. And it doesn't really matter what category Maya Briggs puts you in. It's more about do you want to use all parts of your brain? Do you want to use your whole system as a human just to gather information and make wise choices? Because I've just seen the people that do seem to have more success in life and are healthier and happier. And happy, I think, is so we all want to be. <laughs> I would agree. Well, and I think what you just said there, Joy, is so empowering and encouraging. I hope that our listeners got it the exact same way that I did. I find that to be an empowering stance. And so and certainly that's, that's a big thing that I stand from too. And so now that we've heard this, and I'm certainly convinced of that for, for me, I want to be able to draw more from my intuition, develop more of it and use it more. I start to think about our education system. Do you mm. think, do you think we can we can teach intuition in schools? Oh, we, we, you know, here's the beauty about working with children. And I've had the, the, the blessing to be working with children in some way or other from an early age on because my mom is a teacher and she runs, still does, runs her private school in Salzburg, Austria, is that children are tapped into their intuition full blown. When babies are born, they are in a delta brainwave state until they're two years old. You and I, Elise, we couldn't even stay awake in delta. Then from the age two to seven, they're in theta. Theta or theta, whatever language pattern you come from, is still a highly relaxed brainwave state. You and I will get into theta when we're highly, deeply relaxed, like in meditation. Then from age seven until they hit puberty, they're still in alpha. Most of us will still regard that as meditation when we're in alpha, because when we're in our busy minds, we're in beta, in better. Right. So children are due to their brainwave states naturally tuned into their intuition. But I believe the way they were teaching them normally globally right now goes against every single science that we know from how brains work, how we learn easily. We're, we're not treating them in the way we're not setting them up for success, for sure. 
if I look at how some schools in Russia teach uh, children and even grown-ups how new, how they can learn new languages in their sleep and the results they're getting, I'm wondering why are we sitting our kids in uncomfortable chairs in classrooms with front-room teaching, making them look through boring textbooks and believe that's how they're learning languages, for instance. And why are we not teaching our children how to manage their emotions? We're telling them to suppress them. We're Mm. not teaching them how to stay healthy. We're not teaching them how to feed themselves in a healthy way. We're not moving them. We're cutting all creativity out of schools. We're we're not funding schools in the way that we should if we believe in the next generation. So don't get me started on education. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that really fires me up because I love working with kids and I, I... I see what happens when we give kids a nourishing environment that allows them to preserve that connection. Mm, That was just worth the price of admission right there, Joy. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And for all those educators listening, please, let's reform education, at least in the United States. And and honestly, in, in the book, Five Steps, I show things you can do with kids. I teach this to kids. Three-year-olds, it takes not even five minutes to teach. There's no excuse. We, we really can do this stuff if we want to. Oh, okay, well, let's talk about that next. Let's do this. Um, I, want, I, I always want to make sure that my listeners get something they can, that they can take from the show and put to work for themselves to make a difference in their lives and their work. So let's talk about those five steps. Just kind of briefly cover them so that the listeners get an idea of what it is that you've given to them in this book. So you already mentioned the first one, Get Out of the Buzz. So say a little bit more about that one again, if you would, please. Well, that's that's basically about making time just for yourself. If that means just taking three conscious breaths with your eyes closed, that's a start. Um, I, I have a whole bunch of free resources in the book where I share how you can strengthen that just to balance your nervous system and get your brain relaxed. And one is called the switch. It's like a karate chop that you take with a few just deep belly breaths. Just right now, take belly breaths. And just feel how your breath really can relax you. Then you could close your eyes, even if it's just three seconds. That would be step one. Step two is learning to say no gracefully. So I know that especially as women, we've been so trained to please. We've been so trained to say yes that we often have a hard time saying no to stuff. And when we learn to say yes to the things that really matter to us, we are having, we're going to have to say no to stuff. And often we lack the courage. So what we could do right now, if we even just think of that courage it will take to own our desires, which is the next step, <laughs> is we could tap right under our collarbones. So if you take like your thumb and your forefinger, right and you tap the area beneath your collarbones in the center of your chest it doesn't really matter where you're tapping here it's all tapping into your adrenals into the end points of your meridian of the kidneys and when we feel fear and we you know fear is part of human life then we can often tap into that fear and stay stuck in it and then we can maybe even believe that we can't achieve our goals so by tapping on these points and taking breaths even audible ones there you go (laughs) you could just say to yourself and think of your goal think of your desire and say I can do this I will do this and I am doing this now and then take one more breath and then just notice the difference in your body right now notice the difference in your brain 
Notice how you maybe have more clarity right now or even the chance to think of what is it that I really want. So that's step two. Say, learn, say, learn to say no gracefully. Then step three is forgive and release joyfully. And I know that might sound super woo-woo, but here's the deal. We often feel that we need to hold on to that past pain. It can define us because the stories, you know, oh, I'm such a victim because my mom was like this and my dad did this and my ex did that. You know, I did that myself. But what happens is that we stay stuck in the past. And then we have many theories out there And I think a lot of the spiritual stuff often teaches us that this letting go has to be difficult and it has to be painful. And us women, we can't get over anything. And I say that's BS. Honestly, it is. Because once we see that whatever happened to us in the past was actually a blessing, then that release and not letting go, just hear the word release, can be joyful. And I teach many ways in the book of how to do that. Then step four, this is a fun bit. I mentioned it earlier, is owning your desire. So I suggest here, make a desire board, make a vision board with all those hearts, desires you have. And you often have even had maybe shame around claiming and make a visual expression of that. Stick it up on a big pin board and make your unconscious mind see what you want more often because so often we focus on what we don't want instead of what we want. So then step five is when you get to tap into the universe, I call it. That's when we get to explore intuition and allow us, allow it to guide us and to see what happens when we follow. And I, I suggest just do it for 10 days, that you trust that little voice inside of you and you just go for it. If it's not threatening your life or health and you're not damaging anybody else, just try it out and go with that yes that you feel inside instead of shrinking back. And then tell me what happens and give me feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what happens. That's exactly it. Okay. Wow. That was powerful. Really powerful, Joy. And thank you for being so generous and sharing what's in your book. And then, because I know I've read the whole thing. There are (laughs) several examples in there, too, that, that you've given. I think that anybody that's tuned into the show did come in because they recognize that maybe that, you know, there's an opportunity for them to learn something themselves or grow or be deeper in this space. Or maybe somebody's told them that they, maybe that this is what's interesting. People that say, well, what if I can't trust my intuition? What if I, what if it's steered me, me, me wrong? What would you say to them? Well, what if you did trust it? What would happen then? What is your biggest fear? So I'll quote Marianne Williamson there. Our biggest fear is not that we could fail. Our biggest fear is that we could actually succeed, that we are powerful beyond means. I think, you know, we we just sometimes have our focus wrong. Instead of focusing on all the stuff that could go wrong, how about focusing on what could go right? And if intuition tells you, for instance, here's a good trick. I call it ask yourself an empowering question in those moments when you don't know what to do and what happening what's happening right now seems like a disaster instead of saying oh my god what's wrong here and how could I have screwed this up and what's wrong with me for having gotten myself into this how about taking a breath and saying how is whatever is happening right now a blessing for me and what is the most loving thing I could do for myself right now When we ask those kind of questions, we get good answers. Our unconscious mind, it's just how it works, has to come up with answers. Then go ahead and write them down. 
and then look at them and sleep over it and see what if I did trust that? What is the worst case of what could happen? What if I told someone that I've wanted to tell for a long time that, you know, we need to change our relationship? What if I had the courage just to tell them? What is the worst thing that could happen? You'll see your fears right away. And then go back to that technique that I just taught you by tapping underneath your collarbones and accept that fear. Say, okay, fear is part of life, but do I need to listen to it? Or could I trust that my intuition, that highest intelligence is guiding me right? And just go for it. Do it for 10 days. I guarantee you'll see more joy than pain. Mm, I love that redirect. That was fantastic, Joy. And with that, let's go into our last break here. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Dr. Joy Martina, who is a psychic psychologist and a channeler of the crystalline consciousness who specializes in high-level intuitive intelligence training for entrepreneurs, business owners, and celebrities. She's the author of the new Amazon bestseller called How to Use Your Intuition to Change Your Life. She joins us today from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Dr. Joy Martina. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, How to Use Your Intuition to Change Your Life. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. So for this final section here, uh, what I'd like to do, Joy, is really talk about how to apply or using intuition in our lives. So what can we do with this stuff? So you already talked at the beginning of the show that one of the reasons that you wanted to get this message out is, is to address this epic problem that people are not as happy as they used to be or could be. So that's one one thing. So say a little bit more if you can or presence more if you can about how we can use our intuition to gain more happiness. Hmm. I think one important connection I, I want to stress is how our intuition is connected to our body's intelligence. So we often feel in our body first if something is right for us or not. And, you know, I've done so much research, not only on intuition, but also how our brain functions and, you know, psychology, obviously, is, is the background here, um, and have found that especially if we look at the second epidemic that we have um, globally, and that is obesity, we see that when 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 we disconnect from our intuition, we, we no longer are able to make wise choices. We'll start making lousy choices in, in most areas of our lives, and we'll see the repercussions of that, not only in relationships 
relationships where we're wondering maybe what am I doing here and this isn't going anywhere or I'm in a state with my body where I'm saying oh my goodness the pounds are coming on I'm 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 getting sicker and sicker and I I don't know anymore what to do are there all these programs out there there all there's all this different advice how do I know what's right for me and I have seen that especially when it comes to weight loss I, I wrote that other book of mine it's another bestseller called sleep your fat away I I show that when we just reconnect to our body's intuition that's where we feel it first and we trust that then we learn to create a life based around more healthy choices rather than um, what I was talking about earlier that imprint of past pain so my advice to every listener is that when when you're when you're about to make an important choice in life whether that that is, I don't know, something as profane as, as, as what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? Or if it's a more important choice of am I going to marry this person or not? Then really take a time just to tune into yourself by closing your eyes. Feeling the feeling that you feel in your body when you connect to that decision that you need to make. And notice, is it fear that comes up? Or is there some form of excitement in me that this would be actually something that fires me up, but I might believe I'm not worthy of it, or I might believe I'm not capable of it? Because that is coming from a limited mind, and that is your conscious mind. So I think the easiest way to distinguish um, is this intuition or is this just an old memory that's triggering something out of me is to really listen to what it's doing in your body. Is your body tense? Is your breathing shallow? Or is there something in you that makes you feel good? And and for us women, we feel that feel good feeling when we feel turned on, when we think of something that kind of gets our blood curdling it's in, in a good way right it gets us excited we feel kind of butterflies inside of us when we trust that feeling in our body it's way easier to listen also to maybe that voice you're waiting for of should I do this should I not and then when we tap into that courage of just going ahead with it we often find that when we just take that first leap of faith the universe really does support us. We will find that people will come up to support us. We'll get questions and, and you know, uh, I call it driftwood from the universe that you're on the right path. You can keep going. And challenges are not a sign that you're on the wrong track. Challenges are only a sign that universe is kind of testing you. Do you really want this? And they're a sign that you have everything in you to overcome those challenges. And I'm not just saying that, but look at any person who's made it to something, to something to someone you admire take a role model they have all overcome challenges nothing has come easy we just see often the success and we don't see what led to that so the challenges are not what what's going to get less I think it's more about learning in a more joyful way and seeing life from the perspective that it really is happening for me and not against me Mm. I love all of that now so in that response to that question you already addressed a couple of the benefits of of developing our intuition making us happier and healthier but in the book you also talk about how it can help us handle adversity better say more about that yes well here's a bit of a dooms thinking but i don't want to come over that because i really am not but if i just look at what's happening on this planet i see that we have more and more crises right we have epidemics on this planet of on disease on wars on it's a very unsafe time on this planet it's just what is so i think 
we have to accept that adversity is just part of life. It's about how do we handle this adversity. And the number one uh, key to handling adversity is to manage your own state. You know, we can, because we often get tuned out of ourselves and get sucked into that whole buzz believe that because everything around us is in chaos we need to get sucked into that but that is just a downward spiral because then we're a lot of drowning people at the same time the only thing we can do to handle whatever is coming at us whatever life throws at us is to get our state in the best way possible and that is not to do more of what you've done in the past which keeps you more in the buzz and feels like you're forcing life but really taking a step out taking a breath taking a break You know, you'd be surprised. I coach people around the world. We have, as I said, workshops with thousands of people, but even top executives who have my VIP clients, that one thing of taking a 20-minute me time every day, do you know how hard that is for most? Mm -hmm. But what if that was a lifesaver? And it is. If you only took 20 minutes a day and dedicated that to me time and said, I'm going to spend that time creating pleasure, making sure I take care of me, because that does one simple thing. It raises our vibration. It makes us healthier. It keeps us happier. And when we're healthier, happier, we just have more to give. And, you know, that's my bigger vision. I think this is how we can turn um, the adversity and the the rising negativity on this planet around. It's, It's the only way we have to claim that empowerment of saying, I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my state. So even if life seems like a disaster, I need to take that step out and tune into myself and balance myself. Mm. Fantastic, Joy. Fantastic. (laughs) And along those lines, right, along those lines, one of the things that I like about the way you've outlined your book is you've got these various tips in there. So there's a a happiness tip, and it kind of gets to what you were just saying there about um, it's about reframing mistakes as interesting ways of learning. I love how you talk about that. So share that with our listeners, too, would you? Well, that's such an important part of um, how we create life is, is are the thoughts that we think, the actions we take, the choices we make. And it's so much of how we talk to ourselves and what we say out loud. And when we start becoming conscious of what am I saying to myself? Am I saying to myself when things go wrong, oh, what a disaster. Of course, this would happen to me. I just never get it right. I'm just not worthy of this, blah, 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 all that. You are you are creating more of what you don't want. So when something happens that feels like a mistake, feels like a failure, if I'm able to say to myself, well, that was an interesting way of learning, I am giving my brain and, and myself a different message. I am saying, okay, I've just learned another way of how it doesn't work. You know, Edison was quoted to say, I found a thousand ways of how a light bulb doesn't work, and then he found it. So I, I, I've just seen that I get to results much, much quicker if I see it that way, and I move through adversity faster. And that's what I would love everybody else to be able to do too, just by asking those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, simple tip. I love it. <laughs> okay, now what about problem solving? How? What you talk about this in your book as well, which I think is also so important. So, what role does intuition play in problem solving? Well, intuition is so um, strongly connected to our creativity. When we want to. Um, be creative, think of new ways of solving a problem, we will not be able to solve them with the old mind or the mind that has created them. So our conscious mind is not the mind that we want to access or ask when we want 
creative solutions to uh, problems that we're facing. So what we want to gain access to is our unconscious mind, that creativity inside of us, that intuitive part. So I share many ways of how to get access to that unconscious mind. And the good news is it's all very relaxing. And I even share a brain training in the book that you will get to download for free where you just learn to relax the brain. And in that relaxed brainwave state, we have creative insight. So 83% of all people questioned in in an in a, uh, international study said that they had most of their creative insights in the shower. Now, think about it. The shower, you're on your own. You've got nobody bugging you. It's warm water cascading down your body. Ah, you're maybe taking those first conscious breaths of their day. That is, of course, the perfect time for intuition to come in for you to get creative ideas. So, or it's a bike ride, or it's, I don't know, making love, whatever it is that it takes for you to get a a relaxed brainwave state and access that state of pleasure simply because it's a higher vibration than depression or anger or shame or guilt. And the higher your personal vibration is, the the better your emotions are and the better your results will get. Mm. I have been so delighted in in cultivating my own creativity here. Now, you give me whole new access to this, Joy. Thank you for that. And it's been delightful. I've been saying my whole life that I'm not creative. You know, I've just assigned myself that status. You're not creative. And people tell me all the time, at least you're so creative. I'm like, who are you talking about? Looking over my shoulder. Uh, And you've just given me a whole new access there. Thank you. So from now on, you're going to obviously talk about yourself as why is it so easy for me to be so creative? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to use right? your reframe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we're getting close to the end of the show already here. So there's two more questions I want to get out of you before we dash. But one of them, and I really appreciate what you're up to in life, who you are as a, as a businesswoman, as an author, as a thinker, as a creator. So how do we go about harnessing this highest form of intelligence, of, of intuition, for the greater good? Mm. Well, I think by seeing that we are doing it for the greater good. It really circles back to this interesting paradigm that many of us have from, we call it, you know, in spiritual realms, it's called the Pisces time, which was so dominated by shame and guilt and that Christ consciousness in, in kind of interpreted in an interesting way that we're all born sinners and we've all got to kind of burn our here and suffer here to learn our lessons. So along with that kind of thinking comes a lot that cuts us off from intuition and what it's created is a society of suffering I mean look around you so I think by shifting that paradigm and it's happened it doesn't really matter which uh, spiritual teaching or concept you follow but we all can feel and see that the, sh- the, the shift this change on the planet earth is coming and part of that shift is to start seeing it in a more Aquarius time way seeing that we are the creators of our life we do have control over our own state that we are the ones that make decisions and depending on the quality of the decisions that we make we will create the life that we are looking at and I really invite everyone to see if we all see it that way we can create change on the global level not by perpetuating this old pain model and and part of that is really to owning that power in yourself and to seeing that when when I take care of myself I have more to give it's in our human nature to care 
that's who we are. You don't have to tell moms, take more care. <laughs> we do it anyway. But we need to learn how to fill our own vessel first so that we actually have something to give and we're not sharing our pain. So I know that we all have that power to create that change within us. So nobody is unfixable. Mm. What I heard from that joy, among other things, was if we will take that time to care for ourselves, even that starting with that 20-minute thing that you mentioned before about focusing on what do, what, what do I want, what do I need, so that we are fortified, it ripples out to the, our immediate loved ones, to our community, to our companies, to our country, and I completely see how that would change the world. Good. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, All right. Well, we're close to the to the to the end of the show here. So I want to give you a chance here to maybe in a minute or or two. Just what would you like to leave our listeners with here, Joy? You know that the show is listened to across the globe. It's about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and find meaning and purpose in what they do. What Mm. would you like to leave them with? I would like to tell you to stop beating yourself up about everything that's gone wrong in life, about all the mistakes you may have made or may not, and instead see how far you've come and what an amazing creator or creatrix of your life that you are. And if right now you're maybe going through a struggle or you have errors in your life that you say could do with improvement, then know that in the time that you were creating that problem that you label it as now, you were also creating the solution. And if you now just take the time to find that solution by allowing it to come to you and trusting that you have it there, it's just your ability to connect to it that it needs now. And that really is such a graceful thing to do. It'll just come. So I think we so often focus on that closed door for so long and miss the other opening doors by just, you know, changing our perspective right now. And it often is just that breath and saying, okay, I can do this. I got this. And trusting. So I think unshakable faith is what I'd like to leave everyone with. And it's that what it takes in, in any in any moment of adversity is trusting that you've got everything in you to change it. You created this and you can change it too. Mm, what a beautiful way to finish this conversation. Dr. Joy Martina, thank you so very much for being our guest and sharing your beautiful soul, your wisdom, your expertise. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to make sure that people know how to find you. I was going to send them to joymartina.com unless you'd like them to go someplace else. That's a perfect page to go to, (laughs) joymartina.com. Okay, great. So if you want to learn more about the work that Joy Martina and and the rest of the world that she's up to and impacting or any of her books, go to her website, joymartina.com. Next week, we'll be on the air with Kate White, the author of The Gutsy Girl Handbook, and we'll be learning about how women in the workplace can be more gutsy to get what they want. Remember that work is at least one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. <laughs>